What's up, my L.A. sports fam? This is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris, host of L.A. Courtside Podcast, which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. This is episode number 102 of L.A. Courtside Podcast. And in this episode, I want to talk about three topics. And I'll be pretty brief on them, except for the um, Texas shooting, the shooting of those innocent children and the two teachers. I want to get my opinion on that because I am so sick of politics in the United States. I am I am just sick of all of this ridiculous bullshit politicians. I'm just really, really tired of it. But uh, first, I want to talk about the Lakers of hiring uh, Darvin Ham. Give my opinion on that. And of course, my opinion of the upcoming NBA championship series, which should be a pretty epic series featuring the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors. But let me start by discussing the Lakers hiring of Darvin Ham to be their next coach to replace Frank Vogel. I read an article in the LA Times by Bill Plasky, who I um, hold in high regard. He's a, you know, a veteran writer, you know, gives his opinion and things like that. I couldn't understand his article though about Darvin Ham. Seemed like he was kind of going on both sides of the fence saying that, this hire could be a disaster for the Lakers or, and I'm paraphrasing here, it could be uh, the best move in the history of the planet. And I'm like, uh, duh, well, sure, Bill, we all agree with that. But I disagree with the way he started off that article by, you know, stating Darvin Ham is, you know, he's a, 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 as far as a player, he was a role player and, you know, pretty much a, a no name guy. You know, that's kind of what I got out of that article is, you know, he mentioned that in the 2004 season when he played for the Detroit Pistons and the Pistons won the championship over, ironically, the L.A. Lakers. Darvin Ham was at the end of the bench. He didn't contribute that much. You know, he basically got a ring for sitting at the end of the bench. And he also received a ring with the Milwaukee Bucks last year, but he was just an assistant coach. And last time I checked, you, you, you can ask all head coaches in the league how valuable their assistant coaches are. It was almost as if he was saying that it's almost like you, you have to be a named guy or a guy that or a former superstar or a coach that has won an NBA championship before in order to be a coach in the NBA, or maybe he was just saying that to say you have to be one of those type of guys in order to be the coach of the LA Lakers. I disagree with all of that. I mean, Hey, look at the team that's in the NBA finals right now, the Boston Celtics, Ime Udoka, first time coach in the NBA. What happens? His team is in the NBA finals. Does anybody remember Ime Udoka? in his playing career in the NBA. I'll wait and see what kind of response I get. I'll rest my case there. Budenhoser, coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Does anybody remember what his playing career was like? Did he even play in the NBA? Won a championship with Milwaukee last year. Does anybody remember his, his, his NBA playing career or his prior coaching career? I'll wait. I tell you what, man, you don't have to be a former superstar player in order to be a good coach in the NBA. Does anybody remember the uh, Magic Johnson and when he uh, tried his hand at coaching? They used to call him Tragic Johnson back then. That didn't last too long. Isaiah Thomas, coach, really? Great player, Hall of Famer, top 75, so on and so forth. Terrible coach. You know, at the Lakers, they, 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 I guess they interviewed Terry Stotts of the Portland Trailblazers. I don't know why. You know, what the hell has Terry Stotts won in his career? Some people held him in high regard to be the next coaches of the L.A. Lakers. Mark Jackson, he got an interview. And, and I'll tell you what, man, I don't know what it is about Mark Jackson and him getting another chance in the NBA. You know, I, this dude seemed like he's been blackballed, man. Remember, he was a coach of the Golden State Warriors, and he had the Warriors playing well, and then the Warriors all of a sudden decided to replace him, which they have every right to do, replace him with Steve Kerr. And then Kerr went on to win the championship in that first season. Before that, however, Steve Kerr. What was his uh, NBA coaching pedigree like? He was never an NBA coach. Never. And he went on to win a championship. Now, that's not to say, you know, guys that has never coached before is going to be successful. I mean, Steve Nash of the Brooklyn Nets, he hadn't coached. He didn't even coach uh, uh, a peewee basketball. He got a shot with the Brooklyn Nets. He's got talent over there. Doesn't mean he's going to win a championship. Saying all that to say, you know, you, you don't have to be a superstar or a former superstar in the NBA in order to be a good coach. I think Darvin Ham, from all accounts, from everything I've read, from former players, coaches, and current coaches in the NBA, uh, current players, of course, they, 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 they uh, held, uh, uh, hold Darvin Ham in high regard. You know, LeBron James said, hey, he's very, very excited. He's ready to get to work. Bring him on. The NBA nowadays... It's not so much about X's and O's and triangle offenses and, and all of that jazz, you know, on the chalkboard and running these plays. Everything is really a pick and roll type of deal. Pick and roll. Like you'll go over the pick, you're going to go under the pick, you know, or it's ISO basketball. So throw out the X's and O's crap. And it's also positionless basketball. You don't, you don't have the traditional center, power forward, small forward. Shooting guard, point guard. You can have four small forwards on the floor, on the floor and a, a, a so-called center out there at one point. You can have three point guards, two power forwards, so on and so forth. A coach nowadays basically have, they have to cultivate the talent that they have. Obviously, you have to have talent in the NBA in order to win. That's obvious. But a coach, he needs to cultivate that talent, and he also needs to massage some egos. It, the, the NBA is just full of egos, especially nowadays. I mean, full of egos. 
everyone thinks they, you know, they or they want to be the man. You know, they don't think their shit stink. And, you know, half of them want to be the coach themselves. So you have to be able to massage some egos in the NBA. And again, by all accounts, Darwin Ham seems to be that guy. Now, will he be successful or not? We'll find out. We'll see what happens. He's, he, he's going to have a tough job ahead of him, you know, starting with LeBron James. You know, everyone knows that LeBron James, you know, as great as he is, you know, does he actually want to be the coach? You know, does he want to be, he wants to be the player, the coach, the general manager, the owner. Hell, sell some damn popcorn in the stands. Dude wants to do it all. Hey, can't blame the guy. Maybe the guy's earned it over the years. He's arguably the top, one of the top two players in the history of the game. So, Darvin Ham, he's going to have to learn how to work with LeBron James. Can't come in there and say, hey, LeBron, I'm the coach. I'm the man. You do what I tell you to do out there on the floor. That's it. That's all in the story. That's not going to work. It's not going to work. So he's got to learn how to do that. Anthony Davis, can Darvin Ham light a fire under his ass, you know, and get the full potential out of Anthony Davis? We knows that he gets hurt quite often. And maybe that's, you know, 75% of the reason why you don't get the output from Anthony Davis that fans are looking for. But also, Anthony Davis uh, typically comes into training camp out of shape. You know, and maybe that contributes to some of the freak injuries that he gets. So, can Darvin Ham, can he light a fire on his ass? And, hey, man, you need to come into training camp in shape. We need you. We need you to win a championship. We need the best Anthony Davis that we can get, 100% committed to winning a championship. I need you to do that. Then, of course, you had a material Russell Westbrook. And it, it really tickles me, All uh, uh, some of the L.A. fans, not all, some of the L.A. fans, they come up with these trades on, on Twitter, man. I just get to laughing. I laugh my ass off at some of the stuff, man. And all I say is, you know, it takes two to tangle or even a couple of three teams to tangle. Nobody is going to, nobody is going to trade for Russell Westbrook. Nobody. He makes entirely too much money. It's that simple. He makes too much money. And the way that he plays is not championship caliber basketball, in my opinion. Now, can Darvin Ham come in there and figure out how to use Westbrook more effectively and more importantly, efficiently? You know, can he convince him to tone down his game a bit, you know, to fit into the structure, however Darvin Ham wants to run his, his, his offense, especially? how he wants to structure his offense. Can he get Westbrook to fit into that? I don't know. We're going to find out because Westbrook is going to be on this team unless Jeannie Buss cuts a $47 million check. I don't think that's going to happen unless it happens toward the end of the year when he's already been paid probably over $30 million of it or whatever the case is, however that works as far as buying a player out. Other than that, I don't think Russell Westbrook is going anywhere. So Darvin Ham, say all that to say Darvin Ham, he's going to have a tough job on his hands. You know, a lot of teams say, well, the Lakers need to get younger. Well, yeah. How's that going to happen? They don't have a first-round draft choice. 
until I believe, what, 2027 or something like that, whatever it is, how are you going to get younger? You're going to have to release a lot of the older players and get some younger free agents that may not be as talented. Yeah, your team, you can get your team younger, but can you get younger talent? Kendrick Nunn, he's young. Well, hell, will he be able to play uh, after his uh, deep, I think it's a deep thigh bruise that kept him out of the season, off the season all year? I mean, can, is he somebody that can come in and contribute? How's Taylor Horton Tucker going to play? Man, Darvin Ham, you talk about needing a light of fire under somebody. Here's a guy a couple of years ago that, you know, Lakers signed him to an extension. You know, everybody thought he was just on the ascension and being a very, very good player, not a superstar or anything like that. But he had a disappointing season last year. Very disappointing season, in my opinion. THT, THT. He had some high uh, trade value before this past season. Now, yeah, you, you're stuck with that guy. I mean, somebody may, may want to trade for him, but you're not going to get that much for him. Not for THT, not at this point, until he proves um, that, that, you know, he's, he's on that ascension again. No, he's climbing that ladder. And I don't know if that's going to happen, per se. So, again, Darvin Ham, I think it's a very, very good choice for the Lakers. You know, giving a guy another chance. Not another chance, but giving him his first chance. And then, you know, you have to credit the NBA, you know, as far as the diversity and all that. He's going to be the 15th African-American head coach. There's 30 teams in the league. Half of them are African-American coaches. And I think that's a good thing because the NBA is, and I got this number is just off the top of my head. I don't know how accurate it is. What, 80% African-American or something like that? Eight out of every 10 players are African-American, you know, give or take a player or two, whatever, going which way. So Darvin Ham, that's your new coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, LA, my LA fam. How do you think that's going to turn out? You can follow me on Twitter at LA Courtside Pod. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about the, um, the Lakers and the hiring of Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham. Uh, so far up to this point, it's been very, very positive with Laker fans. Uh, Doc Rivers, I don't know if I mentioned uh, Doc Rivers. I guess Doc Rivers was actually another coach that was in consideration, but uh, 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 Daryl Murray threw a monkey wrench in that piece and said he's not going anywhere. Well, we'll see about that, but uh, right now he's the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. And in order to get Doc Rivers, you would have to give the Philadelphia 76ers compensation and the Lakers don't have compensation to give back. Not anything that the Philadelphia 76ers are going to want. So Doc Rivers will remain in Philadelphia. But even if he did come over to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, would he be a better choice in Darvin Ham? Yeah, Doc Rivers won a ring as coach of the Celtics in 2008. He has a history, but he also has uh, uh, the, the moniker of being the only coach to lose three series, playoff series, while holding a three games and one lead. You know, take that for what it's worth. You can say, well, he wasn't on the floor, but he's still the coach. Everything starts with the coach, baby. So Doc Rivers was another uh, consideration. But in any event, that is my take on the Darvin Ham hiring for the L.A. Lakers. Again, I think that's a good thing. Before I get to my next topic or the next segment in which I'm going to talk about the 
uh, upcoming NBA Finals and just give my take on that. Here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis housing and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 877-8-HOPE-NEW YORK or text HOPE-NEW YORK. That's 467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text Tennessee Redline, that's 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Must be 21 and older in all those states just mentioned. 18 and above in New Hampshire and Wyoming. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook details. Sports fam, again, this is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris, host of L.A. Courtside Podcast, brought to you again by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored, as you just heard, by DraftKings.com. And as we approach the NBA Finals for this particular season, I will start on Thursday. Here's a wonderful opportunity for you to place down a couple of dollars. Everyone has their opinion on who they think is going to win, but are you willing to put some money on it? Are you willing to put a C note? A hundred piece, a hundred stacks. Are you willing to put that on the Boston Celtics? Are you willing to put that on the Golden State Warriors? You know, they have prop bets. DraftKings.com, they have prop bets. You know, how many points is Steph Curry going to have over under, over under 30? How many turnovers are the Boston Celtics going to have? They're a turnover machine. 10 over under, 11.5 over under, or whatever the case may be. Prop bets from players to turnovers to how many rebounds someone may have, how many blocked shots, how many three-pointers, so on and so forth. Make sure you sign up for DraftKings.com and put in promo code TBPN and start placing your bets for the NBA Finals that's coming up on Thursday. And I just want to get my opinion on those finals that are coming up between the Golden State Warriors and 
the Boston Celtics. And let me start with the um, the Golden State Warriors. And and I'm I'm not stating anything here. This is not a new revelation. Uh, this is not a hot take or anything like that. I can just come right out and say I think the Golden State Warriors are going to win this thing in six games. You know, they dispatched the Denver Nuggets in in five games. They went on to beat Memphis in six games, and that was a series in which the Golden State Warriors were tested a whole lot more than what people may have thought. As a matter of fact, if John Morant wouldn't have gotten hurt, some people think Memphis would have pulled this thing out. They are a very, very young, up-and-coming team, and I hope that Memphis is able to keep that team together because I think they're going to be very, very good for a while if they can keep that team together. But Golden State did prevail, beating Memphis in six games. And in that sixth game where Clay Thompson seems to, for whatever reason, play out of his mind in game sixes, uh, scored 30 points. And then that's a game that um, Kevon Looney had 22 rebounds. He was just dominating the rebounds against Memphis, and they prevailed against the Grizzlies. And then they went on to play the Dallas Mavericks, of course, with the great Luka Doncic. And I tell you what, Dallas, the, they, they are a very, very good team, but they do need some help. They definitely need some help. Maybe if they had Tim Hardaway Jr., they could have made a better series of it. But Golden State won four out of five games. They were definitely the better team. Doncic may have been the best player on the floor. As a matter of fact, he was the best player on the floor in that series, in my opinion. But they just needed something more to beat Golden State because Golden State, of course, has too much, too much firepower. So now, and then going over to the Boston Celtics, you know, of course, they beat the Brooklyn, the, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, that disaster of a, of, of a basketball team there swept them in four straight games. Thank God. I want to hear anything about, you know, Kyrie Irving and his annex anymore. Uh, then an epic seven game battle against a defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, a lot of people thought that that was going to be the end of the line for the Boston Celtics. And they were able, they were able to go in there. They were able to go in there and beat Milwaukee at Milwaukee in game number four, 116 and 108, when Tatum scored 30 points. And then they also won it at Milwaukee in game number six, 108 to 95, when Tatum scored 46 points. And I tell you, I tell you, and that was. That was uh, like an elimination game. If they had lost that game, then the Bucs would, uh, would have moved on. But Boston was able to prevail, win the last two games. And then in that last game, they won 109-81 uh, to when Williams scored 27 points. So they went on to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And again, that really, really surprised a lot of people when they were able to do that. They beat Milwaukee at home, by the way, in that game number seven. But in the conference finals going up against Miami, epic, another epic seven-game series against the Miami Heat. And Jimmy Butler, at least in four of those games, showed up and showed out. I mean, they, they had no answer, no answer for Jimmy Butler. But they were able to advance against Miami. A lot of people are questioning the uh, three-point shot that Jimmy Butler took with about, I think it was like 17 seconds left or something like that that would have given Miami the lead 
in that fourth quarter where it looked like Boston was just getting ready to blow it again. You know, that Boston is a turnover machine. I tell you what, and I'll get to the to the matchups against Golden State in a second. But they they better not be turning that ball over against Golden State or even forget about it. They are very, very sloppy with the basketball. And maybe it's because they don't have a true point guard. Marcus Smart is the guy that typically brings the ball up court. And if he's not, if he's on the bench, they actually sometimes Jason Tatum brings the ball up court for them or Jalen Brown. So they're gonna have to fix that going against Golden State. But again, against Miami, you know, everybody thought Boston was this thing was gonna end in game number six when they played uh, uh, the Heat and they lost 111 to 103. Jason Tatum did score 30 points in that particular game. But again, turnovers just, just, just killed the Celtics. And in game number seven against Miami, you know, Boston came out on fire. Then Miami came back. Then Boston kind of took the lead in double, uh, double digits again, third quarter. And fourth quarter, Miami started clawing back, and it got kind of tight for the Boston Celtics down the stretch. And I'll tell you what, if Jimmy Butler hits that shot, and it was right on the line. And Jimmy Butler is not a three-point shooter. That's why a lot of people are questioning why he even took that shot. But I'm not. That was a, a, a they call that a run-up three. You know, they had, a, they had a little fast break going, and he wasn't getting much help from the rest of his Heat teammates in that particular game. Hey, Jimmy Butler, I'm Jimmy Butler. Even though he's not a great point, three-point shooter, he decided to try to win this game right there at that moment instead of going into overtime where, you know, the Miami Heat is really, really a beat-up basketball team. So he decided to take the shot. He missed it. Got to commend him for that. He wasn't scared. You know, he didn't, he didn't do the, uh, uh, the Simmons, I'm scared to shoot, the Ben Simmons, I'm scared to shoot type of deal. Hey, he jacked it up, hit the front of the rim, just didn't go. Boston got the rebound, and here we are. So now you have Golden State and Boston Celtics. Golden State has the home court advantage. And again, I think Golden State is going to win this, this uh, series in six games. They just have too much firepower, man. You know, and again, I'm just stating the obvious. There's not any hot takes here. You know, if Curry's not hitting, you know, you ain't got to worry about Klay Thompson. You know, and he, you know, the confidence that, that he's having in these playoffs. You know, he was off for those two years with those uh, horrific injuries. And he seems like he is on a mission. And then, hell, if you don't have him, you got to worry about Jordan Poole, who's getting ready to make a boatload of money. That's going to be really, really interesting to see how much money they signed Jordan Poole to. Would it be $20 million? I mean, Malcolm Brogdon makes 20, 22 million bucks. You know, Van Vliet of Toronto makes anywhere between 20 and 25 million a year. Yeah, hey, Jordan Poole, the way he's playing, I can put him right up there with those guys. It's $25 million a year out of the question to sign Jordan Poole. You already have Clay, Th- I mean, yeah, uh, Clay Thompson is, is close to a max type deal, if not at the max. Of course, uh, Curry is at the max. Draymond is at a max. Andrew Wiggins, by the way, who I haven't even mentioned yet, as far as his contract, not sure what his contract status is, but I'm sure it's up there. So now you got Jordan Poole. So whoever owns the Golden State Warriors, not sure who their owner is, but talk about going over the cap, a luxury tax, or however that works. You're going to have to make a decision there. Because that kid, Jordan Poole, I'm speaking of, is just bawling his ass off. So Boston has to worry about him. And then, again, the aforementioned Andrew Wiggins. Here's another revelation. I mean, 
I used to, I used to uh, listen to my podcast, man. It was two guys, no, three guys that I just used to dog out all the time on this podcast. One of them, of course, is Ben Simmons. He's my number one guy. I have absolutely zero respect for that guy. He has no heart. He's scared to shoot the ball, makes a boatload of money. And I don't care how good defensively he is. And he's a 6'10 guy, point guard, bring the call, ball up the court, blah, blah, blah. In the fourth quarter, he's useless. Luke Kennard of the L.A. Clippers, who, uh, of course, is part of this uh, podcast, used to dog Luke all the time after he signed that contract. But, hey, shut me up, man. Luke started playing well last year, and now it seems a bit like he's living up to that contract. Andrew Wiggins is the third guy. I used to, thought he, I used to think he was the softest guy in the NBA, soft as Charmin. He just seems like, you know, he doesn't seem like he have that that – you know, alpha dog in him. I mean, the guy is talented as hell. He's the first overall draft choice uh, the year he came out. Guy's very talented, man. And now he's playing defense. You can't leave him open, of course. He can shoot the ball. He can take the ball to the basket. Did you see the dunk over Luka? The posterized dunk. And then I don't know what Luka was grabbing his face like a guy hit in the face. That must have been a phantom blow because he just dunked over you, bro. So you got to worry about him. Then, of course, Draymond, you have to worry about him and his antics. Boston, you know, they better not don't let Draymond goat you into any technical fouls or goat you into doing anything stupid. You know, Draymond's going to pick up a, a couple of techs in this series. You know, Draymond is a smart basketball player. Got to worry about him. Then you got, you know, you got a young guy like Kaminga coming off the bench that can give you a uh, significant playing time. And again, Kevon Looney. Not sure how that matchup is going to be. Boston is the much taller team uh, and, and, and more athletic than the Dallas Mavericks are. So I don't think Looney's going to be collecting 20 rebounds or more anytime soon. But he's still going to play a role in this series. Now, as far as the Boston, Boston Celtics are concerned, again, I mentioned the turnovers, man. They just turn the ball over way, way too much, way too much. Jalen Brown seems to think that he can dribble through two guys all the time. Uh, Jason Tatum, as good as he is, he makes some terrible decisions sometimes. Some of the passes that he throws are lackadaisical, ends up in the hands of the other team. Next thing you know, they're heading the other way, three-on-ones, two-on-ones with a bucket. And Marcus Smart, much now I love Marcus Smart as a basketball player. He's one of my favorite players in this league. He is the heart and soul of that team, just like Draymond is the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. Marcus Smart, if you leave Marcus Smart open, he can shoot the ball. But sometimes he's actually careless with it. And he's not your, you know, obviously he's not your typical point guard. He's not the guy that's going to break down a defense and throwing dishes out like Isaiah Thomas used to do or anything like that. But he is definitely effective in what he does. And that's, you know, he is what he is. That's what Boston have, has. That's what they have to roll with. So Marcus Smart is going to, uh, I think he's going to play well. Then you can, you know, Robert Williams is going to get you some rebounds. I, one thing about that kid, man, practice on some offensive skills in the offseason, man. Something, you know, down in the paint, some sort of turnaround shot or a hook shot or something. I mean, when he gets the ball like a re, like an offensive rebound sometimes in the paint. Notice this about Robert Williams, and I like the kid. But he seems like really, really unsure of what he wants to do with the basketball. He gets the ball, he get the rebound, and he's kind of looking around like, okay, what do I do now? Dude, go up. Go up strong with the ball. He's a decent free throw shooter. He's not the best, but he's not horrible or anything like that. So he needs to work on some of his offensive skills. 
And, you know, the rest of the team, you know, you got Pritchard coming off the bench. Their bench is not as deep, of course, as the Golden State Warriors bench. We all know that. So, you know, Boston, they're, they're starting five, and especially Tatum and Brown, they're going to have to carry the mantle. They're going to have to carry the mantle for Boston in order for them to win. But I just don't think they have enough firepower to do it. They'll make it pretty interesting. You know, they'll, they'll try to beat up on Golden State a little bit because they're the bigger team. But in the end, if those guys from San Francisco are knocking down those threes, I mean, in the blink of an eye, man, they can, they can turn a, a six-point deficit into a 10-point lead. In the blink of an eye, they can do that. So it's going to be interesting starting Thursday. We shall see. Who do you have, L.A. fans? Now, I know this is, a, this is a really interesting question for you, uh, L.A. fans. I know you don't like anybody from San Francisco, especially in baseball. The Dodgers can't stand the San Francisco Giants. Can't stand them. That's SoCal versus NoCal. We know how that goes. So now the basketball team in the North, the Gold State Warriors, you can't stand them as well. Yeah, I know you can't stand the Boston Celtics. So what are you telling me? You're not going to watch? Of course you're going to watch. But who are you going to root for? Once you go on DraftKings.com and put in promo code TBPN, Laker fans, who are you going to root for? Or who are you going to place your money with, I should say? Golden State or Boston? Very, very interesting question there. So my last segment uh, before, before I let you guys go today in this episode number 102 is the, the terrible tragedy in Texas. And, you know, anytime something like this all happens, you know, we all say, um, you know, our hearts and prayers go out to the family, you know, to the, uh, the, the parents of the children and to the, the spouses, you know, mothers and fathers of the teachers, the two teachers that unfortunately got killed. Man, I, I am really, really tired of hearing that. Well, of course, our hearts and prayers go out to them, but I'm tired of the politicians coming on TV and that's all they really have to say. And it irritates the hell out of me when they say, you know, hey, the other side, all they're doing is politicizing this. And I'm talking Democrats and Republicans at this point. You know, more so Republicans, I'll say, you know, I'm an independent voter, but I lean, uh, you know, a little bit. If you were to ask me, I lean a little bit more on the Republican side. I'm sorry, the Democrat side of the fence. But, you know, somebody like Ted Cruz irritates the hell out of me. Well, you know, the first thing that when something like this happens, the Democrats they come out and they politicize it. But then when, you, when they interview him, the first thing he says is, well, the Democrat, he starts his sentence off with, the Democrats don't do this, or the Democrats didn't do this. Well, then what the hell do you think you're doing, Ted Cruz? You're politicizing the whole situation. You know, in one breath you're saying, don't come out and politicize this, but in second breath, you're saying the Democrats. As soon as you mention Democrats, you're politicizing this damn thing. So what the hell are you talking about? What are you going to do? I don't want to hear nothing about the Democrats do this or the Republicans do this or we tried to pass this bill and they stop. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what, but if it left up to me, all 50 senators, I wiped the whole Capitol Hill clean with all of them. House of Representatives, every last one of them, because none of y'all do a damn thing about this. None of you. The Republican side, you know, they, they, they support the NRA. The NRA gives out millions and millions of dollars, you know, to uh, contribute to their political causes and things like that. 
you know, they, they preach Second Amendment, Second Amendment, Second Amendment. You know, the, you know, the Democrats, you know, they want uh, the gun reform. And but, you know, what have we seen tangibly about reform or uh, tightening up gun laws or preventing 18 year olds from buying AR-15s and things like that? Hey, I'm all for the Second Amendment, of course, you know, the right to bear arms. But who the hell needs an AR-15 to do what with? What, just to have it? Just just to say you got one? Just, uh, well, can you take it to the gun? I've, I've been to gun ranges a whole lot of times. I don't never see nobody with an AR-15 in there. They have pistols. Unless I'm missing something. So what do you use it for? Even people that go deer hunting, let's say. You know, they use those, those shotgun type of... I've never seen anybody deer hunting with an AR-15. I, I've never, never, never heard of that. Never seen it ever. So what's the purpose? That's a military weapon. What's the purpose of even having one? How can an 18-year-old purchase an AR-15 or any kind of gun for that matter and a young kid can't even buy a six-pack of Budweiser? Young kid, can, he can go into the military at 18. Hey, man, you want to shoot that much, take your ass to the military. But the dude can't buy a six-pack. He can't even get into a bar, a dance club. Can't do that. But you can go out and buy an AR-15. Nowadays, it's easier to get or purchase a weapon than it is to get baby formula. You know, for our kids in this country, it's absolutely, totally ridiculous. And these uh, uh, politicians on Capitol Hill, they do nothing about it. I say, unfortunately, in about 30 days, I hate to say this, 30 to, let's say, 45 days and maybe 60 days, people are going to forget, not totally, but... It's going to be more stories out there other than the Uvalde, Texas shooting. People are going to just forget about it. You know, Americans have become numb to this, unfortunately. You know, Sandy Hook, that happened, what, maybe seven, eight years ago? How many people talk about Sandy Hook anymore? They only talk about Sandy Hook when something like this happens. The, um, the shooting in Buffalo, that was just, what, two weeks ago? Two and a half weeks ago or something like that. Who's talking about the shootings in Buffalo now in that supermarket? Nope. That's 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 past. That's old news now. Now you have the Uvalde shooting. And unfortunately, it's going to happen again. I hope it doesn't. But, you know, we're not naive. It's going to happen again. And once it happens again, no one's going to be talking about Uvalde, Texas and those 19 innocent lives that were lost. And unfortunately, the two teachers who, who lost their lives trying to save their students. I mean, think about this. 19 beautiful children gone. Kids were calling 911 all throughout this whole ordeal. I can't believe 19 officers was in that hallway for 30 minutes or whatever it was and didn't storm that classroom. It's ridiculous. It, it is absolutely ridiculous. And these, uh, you know, some of those kids that were in that classroom, one, one uh, uh, young girl, she had the wherewithal to, to um, I guess she was laying next to one of her fellow students that got killed and there was blood there. And she put her hands inside uh, or on the blood and then smeared it on parts of her body to make it seem like that she was shot and killed. And if she wouldn't have did that, she may have been a victim herself. That's how smart these kids are. So adults, you politicians. 
you know, you're not that smart. Otherwise, you can come up with something. Don't tell me you can't do anything. You can come up with something to make this carnage stop. This happens in no other country. Canada, Japan, not even China, Russia, Austria, Australia. I mean, you can go, you can go you know, on and on. Bulgaria, uh, uh, England, Spain, Italy. You don't have mass shootings like this. Not saying it doesn't ever happen, you know, but in the United States, it happens over and over and over and over again. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm really sick and damn tired of politics in the United States. I really am. Okay. I'm over it. Wipe the house clean. Wipe them all. House of Representatives. Senate. I wish I know it's some way that you can do recalls on some of these politicians. I don't know. Maybe that's what we need to do. Recall them all. And then maybe they'll 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 change their philosophies on, on all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it's been a sad week. Um, but again, you know, as Americans, life is just going to move on, man. The, the finals is going to be coming up on Thursday. We're going to be watching that. And, you know, we're still going to pray for these children. But the politicians are not going to do a damn thing. And this is really, really unfortunate. So with that. I know this was a little bit longer episode than what I'm usually uh, or what I usually do. So I thank all of you for listening wherever you get your podcast from. If you don't want to miss any episodes of L.A. Corsat podcast, make sure you subscribe, you know, whatever platform that you use to get your your uh, podcast from. And also, you know, uh, if you if you don't mind, take a little time to uh, make a comment, you know, make a comment on the podcast. Let L.A. Ray know how he's doing good or bad criticism is uh constructive criticism is, is always good so again thank you very much uh my next episode would be in a few days after a couple of day a couple of games of the boston and uh golden state series and with that until the next time my la sports fam peace